1: Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 365th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode a look at the Los Angeles Chargers and into the NFL journey of Falcons wide receiver Demir Bird, who's developing into a big play threat for the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are 4-4, the Chargers are 4-3, they're coming to town for a game at 1 p.m. Sunday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, the Chargers are coming off the bye week, and like the Falcons, they've had a kind of, you know, helter-skelter start of the season, but they're on the positive side of it at 4-3 under Coach Brandon Staley, so... Let's go ahead and get started. And look back at it a little bit. Look back at the Panthers game and what it may mean to the Falcons moving forward. And then we'll get into a lot of the San, a lot of the Chargers activities. And I'm sorry if I slip and say San Diego. Let me just put it out there. I didn't get do it in the intro, so we're good. But the Los Angeles Chargers. That's a that's a move. We gotta get used to that. Uh, This is the second time they'll be playing them as the Los Angeles Chargers. The last meeting was in 2020. But let's go back to that thrilling 37-34 victory over the Carolina Panthers on Sunday. We got to uh, talk to Coach uh, Smith on Monday and wanted to know his reflections on that Panthers win, how it was settling in one day after the victory. There's a lot of stuff
3: we can certainly learn from uh we could be cleaner um same way i felt yesterday afterwards i mean that was a crazy game and uh thankful we came away with a win
1: all right but one of the big key uh decisions in that game was hey uh after dj moore's helmet uh unsportsmanlike penalty was called you know the falcons had to decide hey do we take the penalty on the extra point kick or do we take it on the kickoff return you know, it was two schools of thought. Hey, push the kicker back. He's missed from that range before, and he'll miss again. And the other school of thought was, hey, uh, take it on the kickoff, get a good return, throw a bomb, and uh, let Koo come in and kick a long field goal, which, you know, seemed a little bit more riskier to them. Smith conferred with special teams coordinator Marquise Williams, and here's how they made that decision. Yeah, no, okay. um,
3: you know, let's – when you you look at it and you prepare, I mean, that was the percentage. I mean, he had had a history of missing some kicks in that range. And that's ultimately what swayed it for me.
1: Well, yeah, um, they missed it. And then there's some uh, debate on whether that penalty should have been called. It's called for pulling your helmet off on the field. And Terry McCauley, the NBC riff, uh, shared with Coach Dungy that 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 shouldn't have been called that uh he was out he was off the field when he pulled his helmet off i think he was on the white part of the end zone and they show him pulling his helmet off and uh according to the retired ref terry mccauley that should never been called but it was and hey and the falcons benefited from it and, and that uh that was uh, that's how it went down so but one of the key plays in the game was uh, the 47 yard catch and run by Demir Bird, his second touchdown in two weeks. He's a big part of this offense. Uh, and here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about Demir.
3: Yeah, he's taken advantage of his opportunity, right? He's been he's been in our program, worked extremely hard. He um, wasn't getting a lot of snaps early in the year. And then when his number's been called lately, he's been making plays for us um, and made a huge play. And not just. But you can tell sometimes, too, when you got the ability to take the top off, and then they may give you a cushion, which he had on that that touchdown he scored. He was able to snap down, come back. Did a great job with the run after catch. Kyle made a good decision. You know, when he comes in there and underrated, it's kind of a no brainer, but he's able to make the smart play there, and Drake's able to finish. No one to let go, and and Demir was able to put his foot in the ground and score.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We gave them credit for blocks, but there were more picks than. For in Pitts' case, you know, he kind of caught in the way. He didn't level the guy. And then London, he was blocking, but he let go uh in time to, you know, so he didn't get a holding call. So that's what Coach was talking about there on that big 47 yard catch and run. So um, you know, they it's the halfway point of the old season. So um we're gonna be working on our midterm grades for the Falcons. Uh, in the Cover 9 at 9 blog that'll be coming out on Wednesday also. But I wanted to check in with Coach on what he's been pleased with through the first eight games.
3: The resiliency. You know, the guys that are, uh, like I said, it's been far from perfect. Uh, Usually it's not perfect in the NFL, but just the guys that the belief and, you know, some of the obstacles we've been able to overcome so far. Um, Certainly we're not celebrating thinking that we have you know, done anything special, but it's the reality is we've we've been able to overcome some things that have been in our control that we you know we didn't didn't go our way early in the year and then to go on the road to Seattle. Uh, and you know, like I said, at the time I that's a good football team. It's a tough place to play and to be able to bounce back after after LA and get that win and then come home and playing better at home. And uh but we're gonna have a huge challenge, we know chargers but just the resiliency of this team
1: yep no doubt about it and uh the resiliency is what they're uh talking about what coach is talking about and um you know that's how they've been able to win three of these six one score games so the opponent coming up is the chargers and they have a one of the talented young quarterbacks in the league and justin herbert here's what coach smith has to say about justin herbert and the chargers
3: Herbert, I don't know if there's a better quarterback on you talk about critical down situations. Uh, he's a guy that can extend plays, and live arm. And he's going to be a challenge. You know, we got to come up with a good plan and we got to play well in all three phases. Yeah, Obviously, so you got Khalil Mack. We know the, the issue with Mack getting into many obvious passing situations, he can be a nightmare. It's a good scheme. They're coming off a bye. Um, like I said, glad we're at home looking forward to it but it'll be a hell of a challenge
1: well all right let's look at the series record uh this will be the 12th meeting of the two teams atlanta leads the series eight to four the last meeting the Chargers won 20 to 17 uh this was during the COVID year uh, december the 13th 2020 at sofi stadium it was uh, Anthony Lynn coaching the Chargers at the time and Raheem Morris coaching the Falcons at the time. So let's look at our stat corner here. We broke it down for you with the uh, Chargers and Atlanta. Just to sum it up here, we've got uh, a pass offense versus the run, def- run uh, offense. Uh, those are the two strengths of these two teams. And we got two subpar defenses And in the categories that we break them down, either into top 10 elite or top half of the league, top 16, the Falcons have uh, four groupings and the uh, Chargers have five. So the Chargers are in the top 10 in pass offense and total yards. They're fourth in pass offense at 279.4 and eighth in total yards at 368.3. They are also in the top half of the league in scoring at 23.4. Their um, defense is is uh, 17th. I gave them credit for that. Uh, on third down efficiency, it's not quite the top uh, 16, but we gave them credit anyway here as a top half. Uh, but they're 40.96% to really... And the uh, turnover ratio, they're eighth at uh, nine to seven plus two, they're eighth in the league. So those are, um, we can scratch the 17. So that makes it two and two. That makes it four and four for the um, elite units or units in the top half of the league. Of course, the Falcons are fifth in rushing at 158.1, sixth in points at 25 points a game. So those are both elite categories for the team and then um on defensively they are in the top half of the league in uh run defense 108.9 they dropped from fifth after foreman ran for all the yards on them 100 yard day three touchdown day that's going to drop you a little bit and then drop them out of the top 10 but they are 13th in turnover ratio at plus one got another one um against the uh panthers a Lorenzo Carter's uh, interception and run, touchdown run, and uh, they gave up two, though, with the two interceptions. So they're 13th in turnover ratio. So uh, the big matchup here is the Chargers passing offense against the Falcons passing defense, which is last in the league. You got number four going against 32 at 306.9. So the Falcons got to have some answers for the pass uh, passing of the Chargers. Now, the, uh, conversely, the um, Chargers give it up on the ground. So <laughs> the Falcons' run offense should be uh, in good stead here. 158.1, uh, fifth in the league going against the 27th run defense, 137.6. A lot of teams have been able to shred the Chargers on defense, uh, running the ball with long runs too. So that's the that's the play here. It's hey, can the Falcons run the ball hard and long enough to keep that pass defense off the field from attacking their weak pass defense? Now, um, the Falcons could get a lot of help back this week. Corderell Patterson, uh, is on injured reserve and eligible to return. Coach didn't tell us on Monday. We fully expect him to tell us on Wednesday that the 21-day clock is starting. Corderell looks like he's ready to go. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays on Sunday. But if he, um, they'll probably wait and draw it out to Saturday and then activate him on, on Sunday, Saturday, before the game make the Chargers guess a little bit. So if they get him back, that'll help the run game out. Give Algier and Caleb Huntley a break. They've been running pretty hard here Uh, with, in his absence and keeping this number up high. And then they also could get back, A.J. Terrell and Jalen Hawkins from the uh, from injury. Jalen uh, Hawkins was in the locker room yesterday, and so was uh, A.J. Terrell not walking with a limp, but you never know about those hamstrings. They could be pretty tricky. So if they get A.J. and Jalen Hawkins back, that'll help them against this pass-heavy team. Uh, one of two teams left that they have with a winning record, the uh, Chargers and uh, the Ravens. And then the Commanders inched up to 4-4 four four last week. You got to figure the Bucs and the Saints are coming at 3-5, and five, uh, that they're going to make a move to the, uh, the Saints seem to get some answers on defense against the uh, Raiders last week and held them to a uh, shutout. So that's our stack corner here. Uh, those are the key challenges. The, my notes here, L.A. pass versus ATL run. That's going to be the game. Whoever wins, whoever dominates there is going to probably win this game. got two subpar defenses. Uh, The Falcons aren't uh, ranked in the top half of the league in anything but run defense and the Chargers are only ranked in the uh, top half of the league in pass defense at uh, 18 and then total yards. Yeah, that's 20. That's the lower half. So that's, yeah, their only, their only thing is pass defense and that's probably because Derwin James at safety back there and, uh, Nasir Adderley, they got two really good safeties and they have a gentleman by the name of Khalil Mack, who gets after it in the run game. So that was our series record last meeting and stat corner. So right now we're going to take a break. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
0: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Blustein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nigut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.
1: all right, we're back here with the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, getting you ready for Sunday's game with the Chargers at one p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Then we're gonna spend some time with Demir Bird talking about his NFL journey. It's uh, been been a rough hole for him uh, since coming out of South Carolina, but we got to chat with him on Monday one on one, and um, you know wanted the folks to 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 know a little bit about one of the Falcons' new weapons. So here we are. Chargers are 4-3. and three. Let's go over their record. We're going to do the, well, I said stat leaders first, but we're going to do the record first, then stat leaders, starters, and our notes, and then we'll hear from Caleb Huntley, Isaiah Oliver, and Demir Bird. So the um, Chargers are kind of helter-skelter. You can't get a good line on them. They got blew out by Jacksonville, so that was their bad loss. Uh, They beat the Raiders to start the season, uh, then lost to the Chiefs in a close one, 27-24. But those, um, that's AFC West. You know they play they play each other tough out there, and then you know um, because the Raiders always play the Chiefs tough too, so that that's their bully, and they all get up for that one. Then they lost to Jacksonville after that, so it's like, oh, how you play the Chiefs tough, and then get blown out by Jacksonville, 38-10. But that happened. Then they went on the road and won at the Texans, 34-24, won at Cleveland, 30-28, and then uh, won against the Broncos, 19-16, and then went to Seattle and got blown out, 37 223 on October the 23rd, and uh, they've been on the bye since. They were on the bye last week. So that's the Chargers' uh, records. Let's flip over to the stat leaders here. Of course, uh, Herbert is uh, completing 65.9% of his passes. He's already over 2,009 yards through seven games, 12 touchdowns, four interceptions, 91.8 passer rating. So we've been a big fan of his since covering him at the Senior Bowl. You know, that year he was coming out, I told y'all uh, by one of my scout friends, I was like, hey, I, I've been falling asleep uh in these Oregon games. I was like... uh I don't see what everybody's talking about with this Herbert kid. <laughs> he's like, well, you need to go back and watch again because <laughs> uh, he's going to be one of the top picks. And uh, so I've been following him ever since and uh, watched like about 200 throws at the at the senior bowl. And uh, uh, yeah, I didn't. He ran it a little bit in the bowl game that year so that you knew he was athletic. So he can get on the horse and run it a little bit too. So that's not his thing, but he can do it. So he's a problem for the Falcons. big time. His wep- main weapon right now is Austin Eckler, the running back. He's got a lot of touches, 84 runs for 380 yards, five touchdowns, 53 catches for three, 57 and three touchdowns. Uh, Mike Williams is and Keenan Allen is back. He's back. He played week one. He's back with a ham from a hamstring. But Mike Williams is the top guy right now, 37 for 4.95 and 3. Uh, Keenan just has six catches and 77 on the yards on the season because he's been hurt. Uh, another weapon is Gerald Everett, the uh, tight end from South Alabama and Columbia High in Decatur. He's putting together a nice uh, career in the NFL, six year. He's got 27 catches for 3.05 and 2 two touchdowns. He uh, played for the Rams from 17 to 20 and then with Seattle last year and now with the Chargers this year. So uh, defensively, the Chargers are led by Khalil Mack, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, and Derwin James who has two sacks, three quarterback hits, three passes defense, and 63 tackles. So there are your main characters for the Los Angeles Chargers, and then just looking at the starting lineup, I'm not gonna go through all eleven, but um, Jamari Sawyer from the University of Georgia starting at left tackle. Rashawn Slater's been hurt; and he's on an injured reserve. Then Trey McKitty, who uh, played at Georgia in 220 after as a grad transfer, started against Seattle in their last game. So, and Sonia Michelle is Austin Eckler's backup. And they open that game in 11 personnel uh, with uh, one running back and three wide receivers. The third receiver with uh, Allen and Williams is DeAndre Carter, who's also the uh, punt and kickoff returner. And on the defensive side of the ball, nothing other to highlight here other than Khalil Mack and um, Derwin James. They do have some good young ball players over there, Nasir Adderley. You know, he's got, um, that's a legendary name in the NFL. Google it, uh, Herb Adderley. He's related to him. Uh, and Ashante Samuel Jr., one time Falcon, uh, senior cornerback, uh, the son of, um, he's the son of him. He's, uh, Ashante's son and, uh, played at Florida State and he's one of the three cornerbacks. They opened Seattle in a 4 nickel, which, um, you know, they're not going to have to, they're going to have to add, throw another linebacker in there against the Falcons. Now, the um, kicker is Dustin Hopkins, and the punter is J.K. Scott from Alabama, 6'5", 208-pound punter for the Chargers. Okay, that's, uh covers all our notes in our starters and the wins and losses of the Chargers. So, there you go. You should have a pretty good preview of uh, what the Falcons will be going up against. Okay, the weapons. I don't know who you're going to take away, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, or the running back. Sounds like you got to take the running back away, or try to at least, because he's got to um, doing some math here, so that's seven. That's 137 touches. That's a lot of work. So, um, yeah, he's the guy. You got to slow him down. And the one way to do that is keep him off the field. So before we get out of here, let's hear from um, Caleb Huntley. He's been filling in admirably for Cordarrelle Patterson. Him along with Tyler Algier, and we wanted to know uh, how Caleb did or how he felt after rushing for a career high 91 yards against the Carolina Panthers. Well, how did you feel to get you know a career high 91 yards in that game? Oh, it felt good. Mm-hmm. Honestly I didn't
0: I didn't know it was a career I might. Uh-huh. Um, I was just dialed into the game making sure that we got the win and I'm glad we did.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, how gratifying is it for the community, you know, you and Tyler that, you know, y'all were able to keep things moving when when C P was
0: went down. Um, you know, coach always talks about next man up uh mentality. Just glad that uh we was prepared enough to, you know, kind of stay in there and you know, have the things while he can go. Mm-hmm. Although, like, when he does come back, we know that's going to be a great thing for this team. This is another aspect that we got to look out for.
1: And uh, what did you see? Because uh, it looked like you just kept hammering and hammering and hammering. Finally, you know, that 30-yarder busted out for you. That's kind of the scheme, right?
0: Yes, yeah, sir. So, um, Wear defense down and eventually they're going to get tired of tackling so, mm-hmm. um Near that third, fourth quarter, they're they going to try to arm tackle, and that's when you break free.
1: All right, quarterback Isaiah Oliver is back, and we always like to chat with him. He has a good uh, pulse on the team and and how the uh, secondaries come along. Coach Smith said after the game he didn't care about the stats. He thought Armstrong and Darren Hall did a good job, so we checked in with Isaiah on that and checked in with Isaiah, too, on, hey, um, you know, how the defense can – uh. You know, get better on the uh in the uh, pass defense because their yards—they're giving up a lot of yards, but they don't seem to be too alarmed about that. Uh, how did y'all uh, you know, how how did it feel to get that one? Though? Um, it was good. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: everything's a little easier coming off getting a win. You know what I mean? But I mean, we just understood that. You know, we made a lot of mistakes in that game. Um, we did a lot of things that we know we could have did better. Um, so we you know we correct it, um, fix it for this next week, pretty much.
1: I mean, Coach said the guys uh, played tough. for mm-hmm. well, Cordell and Darren. Yeah. You know, in the secondary. Yeah. Uh, he said he didn't care about the stats. But did y'all feel that outside too? I know the yards looked funky because he had the the long, the long running. throw. He yeah. Cheap like twenty yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort
0: of no, for sure. Um. Yeah, no. I thought I thought I think those guys played really well out there. Um. Just competing, um, making plays on the ball, stuff like that. Uh, I think we can we can fix up a few things technique wise, tackling too, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we would have did those things the right way, uh, the yards and the stats would have looked more, you know, appropriate to how we played. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, we did get the win. So, I mean, that's what matters mm-hmm. most. Yeah.
1: How about the, the guys stepping up for a couple guys down? That's always a sign mm-hmm. of a good team. Yeah. Um, what do you say for those guys that did step up
0: for you guys? No, it's big. I mean, that's something that we felt like we had in this room. You know, we felt like we had a lot of depth. Um, in this room coming coming into this season. So we knew that, you know, the time came where, you know, guys had to step up. Guys went down. Guys had to step up and make plays that, that we'd be able to do that um, in our DB room. So uh, it just shows, shows that that's what we're capable of, and we just got to keep it
1: going. How about yourself? How are you feeling? Uh, you know, 500 first place. Yeah. I've been trying to get back to, to yeah. the respectability. Right.
0: Since um, right here. Yeah, no, it was good. Um, it was really good to kind of be in a spot, you know, really at the midpoint of the season. Um, but we also understand that there's a lot of football left, um, so we just got to keep on getting better each week um, and keep on and keep on getting some wins.
1: Well, okay. Um, I know a lot of people are like who is this guy, number 14? He's real fast. He's scoring touchdowns. And uh, you know, I, the mirror was on our radar here because uh, when the Falcons played out in Arizona a couple of years back, he, you know, in Kyler Mary's first year. Uh, he, um, he was able to get open deep against the Falcons then. So, you know, when they signed him, we we're like, oh, okay. The, um, the little fast guy and, uh, he's five nine, one seventy two, and, and, uh, uh talked to him after the game. And then I uh, wanted to talk to him again on Monday cause he had some good answers about, um, you know, his journey in the NFL. He's, uh, he's in his eighth year undrafted out of South Carolina on his 15th, and uh, so we wanted him to share uh, some of his journey with us for a story we're working on, and uh, also here for the podcast at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Here's our one-on-one interview with Falcons wide receiver Demir Bird. I did my homework with <laughs> South Carolina, started with the Panthers, and so forth. So, how did how how did you know, how did you um, when you came to the Falcons? what
2: opportunities did you see to the team and everything? Yeah, um, uh, I just kind of saw the opportunity of, you know, a new head coach Mm -hmm. in his second year really kind of starting to build, um, Mm -hmm. What he wanted in the team, um, mm-hmm. and obviously the opportunity in the receivers room, mm-hmm. um, with you know with them kind of rebuilding it, mm-hmm. um, and really just kind of you know seeing the opportunity to, to to touch the field and, and mm-hmm. play more, and mm-hmm. you know hopefully extend my career.
1: What uh, what do you think? What, what what have you been able to stick with? Uh, you know, Panthers and Arizona, and
2: New England had a big year up there. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, you know, I was, I was with Carolina for four years, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and then and then they ended up uh, changing coaches. Coaches, okay. The um, contract was over. Um, and really, I, I, the, the common theme is really coming in. The, mm-hmm. I've been coming in the teams that have been either starting to rebuild or mm-hmm. towards the end of the rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, you know, usually those are, are the opportunities to come in and, and get on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I would love to be able to be in a place um, more than more than a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems that uh, you know I've been been either being attracted by, by new head coaches or, mm-hmm. or coaches um, that end up you know not working out and end up getting a new regime coming in. Well, how would you end up at South Carolina from New Jersey? Yeah um, I think I could throw a lot of spots <laughs> yeah uh, at the time. All of the Northeast schools were going through stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Penn State had their their sanctions going on. All over. right, uh-huh. um, and Greg Schiano just left Rutgers, Rutgers to go to Tampa. Okay, um, and at the time, outside of that, outside of those two, they were the big they were the big schools mm-hmm. in the Northeast. Yeah. How'd you like it down in SEC? I loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I think um, I think it was the best the best move for me. I mean, we had a. Uh, we had a lot of guys on that team mm-hmm. throughout my four years and we've had we had a great run. When we were in college, uh, the best best years in, in in the history of it. So, I enjoyed I enjoyed every second of it. Okay, and then so
1: what has it like uh, been like since you got here? You know, they they emptied the whole receiving room, so everybody was starting from scratch pretty much. And uh, how's that been with T.J. Yates and? and yeah, it's and been whoever? it's been
2: good. I mean, uh, you know, obviously when you have that many guys coming in, mm-hmm. uh, learning the system, it can get, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, it's a lot. Uh, everybody's learning. Everybody's trying to figure it out and there's not really a lot of guys to to ask questions to to kind of help you bring it along Mm -hmm. Um, but TJ's done a great job TJ, Art and and, uh, Rags Mm -hmm. have done a great job of you know allowing this offense to be Mm -hmm. uh, what we are and allowing us to play you know to our best of abilities Mm -hmm. um, and to our positive skill sets and uh,
1: you know Adding a deep ball to this offense, how does that help you all out, uh, you know, uh, so people can't pack the front. So.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, it's just the, the obvious. You mm-hmm. know, obviously we run the ball mm-hmm. a lot and we, we do it well. I mm-hmm. mean, it's effective um, when you can run the ball in this league you can you can really put yourself in a position to win games. Um, and then when, you, when you're when you able to add it to the air um, and have explosive that way, you can't pack the box. You, you know, play action becomes a lot more effective, um, and it keeps them, you know, guessing. Okay. And then
1: the last one. So when you get the one against the Bengals, you're like, okay, yeah, I can still do this. I can still get open deep.
2: Yeah, Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think there was ever a time yeah. mm-hmm. that I thought I couldn't do it. It mm-hmm. was just, you know, we were just kind of waiting for the opportunities okay. um, as a whole. I don't think we took a lot of shots. Uh, prior to that, mm-hmm. um, just, right. just game plan, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was the perfect time, the perfect defense that we mm-hmm. that they had up, and we were able to get it accomplished. So, um, you know, moving forward, hopefully we can, mm-hmm. you know, our room as a whole continue to make contributions to our offense. And In, you know, the intermediate route you took for 47, and they threw
1: some shorts, I believe. But, you know, don't you want to, you know, you have to have people know that you could do it at all levels.
2: Yeah, I think uh, you know, as a complete, wanting to be a complete receiver, uh, mm-hmm. wanting to progress, progress to be that, and not be one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to run short routes, intermediate, and, and even go deep. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. a goal of mine. And, and would it be
1: a goal to stay here, moving forward, finally, you know, get a place to, you know, oh, yeah, for stay? sure. Oh or yeah, for or sure. another, Carolina too. Right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. You know, it's been four years of bouncing around teams and playing well throughout of it, but uh, I would love to be able to stay somewhere for more than a year and really kind of uh, establish roots in, in one city. Well, I hope you all enjoy
1: that interview with Demir Bird. He's a, a weapon. I think he's a key weapon to the Falcons offense because teams, as uh, you know, teams adjusted, teams are adjusting to them running the ball so heavily. You can't just come running up if you know this little speed guy is gonna run right past you. And we've seen it work. We've seen it work against the Bengals. He twisted Eli Apple around, and um, we've seen it work against uh, the Panthers, where they gave him they gave him a twenty yard cushion. He was able to sit it down, get the ball, and then spin into a run around his uh uh run to the um he called it the green grass. And, uh, and get up some blocks and score them 47 yards. So they got that on tape now. So when teams know the Falcons are, you know, if he's on the field, you can't just, you know, walk that safety down the box and, and get ready for a running play because he might take off and get past you. So uh, that's a certain um, adjustment. We talked about uh, the Falcons adjusting their routes as they move on, and that's going to open up a lot of stuff for Kyle Pitts and – Drake London, too, when they do as they, um, you know, try to improve the passing attack moving forward. So with that, we're going to hope we have you prepared for the uh, Sunday game against the Los Angeles Chargers at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And we hope you know a little bit more about uh, Caleb Huntley, Isaiah Oliver, and wide receiver Demir Byrd. So with that, we're going to ask you to take care and have a great rest of your week.